The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Ah, brother! Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today's guest, a gifted actor, hilarious human, and the LeBron James of mustaches, John Ennis. John, how are you? Great to see you, Chad. I'm oh, doing whoa, real well. Hang on. I just remembered I got to do an update. <laughs> this update brought to you by Ad Nauseum, the tummy medicine that really works if you keep taking it and taking it and taking it. <laughs> World Cup. Russian security tighter than the lid on a survivalist's candied yams. In a battle of countries Trump hates the most, Mexico beats Germany. Iceland ties when Argentina's Lionel Messi gets distracted by every Icelandic woman in the stands in a courageous display of its neutrality. Switzerland tied Brazil. Both Serbia and Croatia won and remain tied for most guttural accent. And Portugal Portugal's Ronaldo scored three goals and then stole Spain's girlfriend. That recap brought to you by Junior's Juicy Pemmican. Tired of dried pemmican and own a fridge? Try Junior's Juicy Pemmican. U.S. Open Brooks Kepka wins at Shinnecock, which is Irish for inseam down to the calf. The course windier than a Kanye visit to TMZ. Phil Mickelson stole the show with a dead-on impression of every groomsman's golf outing. Baseball, Seattle and Houston hotter than a bus stop bench in Death Valley. And finally, NBA draft is Thursday, so get comfy with a 19-year-old making as much money as New Zealand. This Waterhouse update brought to you by Conundrums, the drum set no one can figure out. Now it's talk time, Johnny Ennis, Boston guy, born and bred up in Massachusetts, went to Zavarian Brothers High School. Let me guess, Catholic? Yes, it is. Zavarian Brothers. Yes, very Catholic. The whole time up there. Uh, Irish? Irish Catholic. Irish Catholic. Alcoholic. Who'd have thunk out of Massachusetts? <laughs> yeah. it's uh, Even when you say Boston, my accent slides right back into my head. <laughs> it just comes back. It, it's back. It's just haunting you, waiting for an opportunity. <laughs> it's ready, Chet. My kids have run in before and said, you know, what's wrong, Dad? What's wrong? I mean, I'm screaming about, like, the lawn. The, the guy, the phone people came in and ruined my back lawn. I've been watering it for months. Yeah, that damn phone people. They ruined it. I'm screaming things I would never scream in front of my kids. And my daughter comes running in the backyard. She's like five. And she goes, Dad, what is it? What is it? Something to do with the Yankees? <laughs> Because, Chet, that's the only time she's seen me that sure, upset. Sure, When she's heard that inflection. <laughs> that's right. And the anger. And the choice of words. Got to be the Yankees. It's so you that. must root for every, like, Boston team. Every Boston Everyone. team. Everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, you go right down the line. I got to be. Patriots. I, I grew up with hockey speak. Like my dad, if he knew I was Ooh. going on a date on a Friday night, he'd say, son, remember to skate backwards all week. And what that meant was listen to her. 
but you know, that took me about four years to figure that to out. To figure out, that's yes, what he meant. The hockey speak. So I must admit, I love the Bruins, but until they're like the very end of you the had season, a sex talk. That's the only sport <laughs> I jump hockey. on a little late. <laughs> through, through hockey terms, exactly. Your dad gave you the birds and the bees talk. Yes, through hockey terms. He was like, no slashing. No. Sl- <laughs> Do not no hit her with a stick. Do no. not do that. And when you hip check, make sure it's her idea. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Your and, dad. You know, I went out with deep. some girls that were soccer players, and he's like, don't get cut up kicking them in the shins. This is not going <laughs> to no. be a way to communicate just because no, you no, see them doing it. Uh, but <laughs> that My friend Joey Tobin, who uh, – Save the wheel kick he used for to date kick us. four. He'd say, hey, what are we doing this weekend? He'd kick you in the shin because he was a soccer <laughs> player, and he communicated that way, Chad. That was his communication. <laughs> wow. Man, oh, man, that's a red card where I come from. <laughs> you got to be careful. So what was your favorite team out of all those teams? I got to say the Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, just... you came up when they weren't winning yet. Really. Well, I climbed over Fenway Park fence my whole childhood. Yeah, like fence there because I drove a, by it once. Right. I, I never really played the major leagues, as you may have been able to guess. But I did drive by it once, and I looked up, and I went, uh, well, there's a warehouse, and there's a 7-Eleven, and oh, my God, there's Fenway. Yeah. And there's another warehouse. It was like right in the middle of nothing. It was well, impressive. There's, there's, there's a Yaki Way, which I think they've changed the name now, too, for some reasons. Uh, we may Tom not. Yaki, former owner. Yes, correct? so they changed the name of that. But right there – we used to go where the uh, players' parking lot was, and the first date I ever had was with a very beautiful girl, Paula Wood. Oh, and Paula I brought Wood. her there, and I and I realized when I got her to the fence that we always climbed up. Oh my God, I haven't explained to her how we get into the game, and she looks at me like, "What's wrong?" And I said, "Well, normally we climb up that fence, but I'll go buy us tickets. I'll get tickets." And I sort of looked down for a second, and I looked, and she was halfway up the fence. Oh, there's a keeper, soccer star, man. And the, they used to tell us, you know, if you were a city kid. You would just give the cop the finger. But since you're a suburb kid, you really got to give the cop the finger because they'll just tell you to come back down. And you'll go down if you don't remember. No, no, pretend you're a city kid. So you'll be holding on with one hand and trying to give a finger with the other hand to the cops who are 50 <laughs> feet below. And then you get to the top, Chet, and you change hats and shirts with the kid as if you're now like FBI's most wanted. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah. Man, oh, man. So I like wow. that, I think, because I got the most stories with the Red Sox growing up. Wow, so uh, like a waitress with a bad memory. Paula Wood just keeps coming at you. <laughs> Your acting career started early. You had to act uh, from a ladder 45 feet up like a city kid. That's right. <laughs> okay, because you actors love pain, and Johnny's a great actor. What loss uh, stuck out for you from all of those years? Uh, any what, team, Say that again? What loss Oh, caught in your craw and made you go, you know, I have the emotional I, depth to be an actor. <laughs> there was one game, a basketball game, where Larry Bird's head slammed against oh, the boy. ground. And he had already been lying on the sidelines for us for months. And when I say for us, it always felt like it was for us. That he yeah. he, he would have just as soon, you know, you know what, I'm going to have a Pareda. But yeah, he just yeah. kept doing it for us, the fans. And I, my friend's apartment was above the garden. And we used to watch him walk to his Jeep. And he would take every step as if something might happen if he's not careful. Wow. Like not to step on a rock. You know, he knew what he was worth to that city and the way he respected us so much. When he hit that, I felt like my head started swelling up. Like, oh, my gosh, we're hurt. Yeah, if you could take the pain from him. Yeah, so for me, that was one of them where when he smashed his head against the ground, that was a tough tough one. And, you know, I got to say, we've had so much winning in Boston now. Like compared to growing up, you know, the Patriots never won. I still was 
Steve Rogan was my hero, but yeah. I thought a quarterback was supposed to get tackled 40 times. You know, that's just the way it looked to me. Like, no wonder he's a hero in New England. Look what he does for us. Our offensive line's only got four or five blocks per game in them. Let's hope they use them strategically. But, you know, the great thing about, like, Boston Hanna, sure. and all the way through uh, the Rust Belt, down uh, around Cleveland and into Chicago and even up into Milwaukee, that whole Rust Belt, those are those are fans who's uh, take losing and winning uh, right down to the bone. They really do. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if uh, Florida's a Florida Panther fan <laughs> can relate <laughs> well, to I the blood say, and guts even, of watching yes. a Larry Bird tiptoe like there's ice on the pavement just because he wants to keep his uh, knees intact. And in this current season, Chet of the of the Celtics, you really saw a team that believes so much in themselves yes. that, that it changes. You know, when you play like that, I believe the fans are like another coach in Boston because yes. they will d- be disappointed in you as a young player if you don't do the right thing. And the yeah. collective mindset of that city having won so many championships is like them thinking, oh, i got to do the right thing. So there's a pressure that's put on them in a very positive way yeah. that the fans know what you're supposed to do. In so many cities, like you say, they're not educated no, like that quite that. yet. It means so much to a working-class city to yeah. have their – Sports represent them as heroes. Yeah, a lot of these new cities don't know how to use shame appropriately. <laughs> that well, insight brought to you by Conundrums, the drum set no one can figure out. <laughs> Johnny, good part of your adult life working with Bob Odenkirk and David Cross on uh, on uh, on Mr. Show and now on the new one on Netflix. Yes, yeah, so much um, fun. Both guys hilarious. Both guys bit fastidious, <laughs> bit picky. You've had to work with them on a day-to-day basis. Uh, which one do you think is a little more, or are they about equal? Uh, you know what? They have both grown as humans so much yeah, from working with them now, back right? in the day. They were always, in my mind, comedic geniuses, but now they're also just champions of human beings. They're helping people left and right all That's the fantastic. time. Yeah, well, they're, they're sweet guys. They are. And they just, and they both now have kids, which they swore to me they would never have. Yeah. And, 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 and they, everyone happens. used to say, like, you know, they'd be going out for a beer after we worked or whatever, and, and I would always go home to my kids. And yeah. literally, Posehn used to say, you're so gay. <laughs> right, Brian About Posehn, my right. kids, yeah. And then he has yeah. literally and reached now- out and said, I am so sorry. <laughs> That's because wild. I now have a child, and I can't even imagine more love for another human being than I have for this kid. So performers you know. are like uh, they're like uh, major league ball players. They're like uh, pitchers, and uh, you don't think it's going to happen, and then suddenly at age thirty-two, you go, "Uh oh, I better learn the knuckleball." <laughs> I'm going to make this last to 40. <laughs> you got to do something, right? That's fantastic. Now, uh, you, you worked with all three of those guys, Brian Posehn and Bob Odenkirk, David Cross. Uh, are you having as much fun on the new uh, 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 reincarnation of the show? I think so. I think I had more fun because I wasn't afraid of getting fired for being high. Really? Yeah. I was high, but I wasn't afraid of being fired. You were, yeah. No, you I wasn't clock. high. I'm no, just no, kidding. No. no, back in the day, <laughs> there was a certain aspect of, oh, my God, how much of the stuff that I have worked on has been cut out from the show? And does yeah. that mean that I might be cut altogether next year? Like, am I going to come back? Yeah. And this never went away. In my head, I was always hoping to be back. Now, they were so good to me. I felt so lucky to so be part of that. So you were always at the, like the, when they cut the last three guys and they got to get down to the 53-man <laughs> roster for the Patriots. <laughs> it felt, but they like, felt that. like that every damn week. Well, because they're always bringing in new funny people like Atsid and these people coming in from Chicago and like other funny people. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you're going to be so psyched. He's taking your part. 
Oh, boy. And you're like, at the time, you didn't understand what it really means. And now I'm just glad I know those extra funny people. At the yeah. time, it feels like a lack. Like, oh, so one of my parts is going away, you know. But as yeah, you get yeah, older, yeah. you're like, ah, oh, I, I was so lucky to have all that great writing handed to me. And let's be honest, early in your career, you were kind of on a track, whether, whether you were intentionally doing it or not, as the next sort of or one of the next possible funny large guys. Yes. Because you're a bigger dude. You, yes. You know, and uh, and, and you, you dropped a, a bunch of weight, and you said, "I'm going to act. I'm actually going to learn uh, this this whole thing." And and uh, and like I say, that's like learning a knuckleball mid career. You had to shift. You kind of had to shift speeds. <laughs> you know, things sometimes in life. What you made you do that? What made you, you don't feel think- funny? You know, something comes along like a divorce. Oh yeah, that's what it was. And something comes oh, along, a- and you say, "You know what? I don't feel that funny." But what am I going to do to use everything else I have to add up to something? So I just started right, right. coaching people and helping other people be funny. And before you knew it. I sort of dialed back into doing a lot of those smaller shows where we sort of, wow, I get to do this again. You know, even sketch with like every troupe in the city. I, I just would go and host their shows. I'd go to ASCAT and be the monologist or or, right. or I.O. when they had um, uh, Armando. I'd be the monologist. And I just started getting good, like you say, learning the outside shot since I'm not going to get into the freaking net to do the layups. That's right, man. <laughs> you had to come in and go, okay, what do we need? Yep. We need someone to pound the board, stick an ass into Charles Barkley and throw a, <laughs> throw a bounce pass once in a while. That's right. And if I got to be the enforcer for a minute on my own team in hockey – I go knock that, you know. Oh, exactly. I mean, I remember coming out to L.A. and thinking, oh, I'm going to have to fight every person here for my job. And then eventually realizing, oh, that doesn't work here. No, no, you got to be chill. Yeah, you got it. It's weird. It is kind of weird out here. I never really learned it. That's why I do events like the, uh, <laughs> the Tour de Ecnarf, which is the uh, Tour de France, but they bicycle backwards. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, from Paris back oh, through the Pyrenees. Oh, that's exciting. It takes about two and a half months, but it's a great time. <laughs> I get free food. Paul F. Tompkins, one of the funniest human beings on the planet, true or false? <laughs> very true. He's crazy. He's very he's very funny. I just saw a picture of him at the Dodgers game on uh, – I don't get Instagram or tweet. I don't, it's not that I don't get it. I mean I don't – do those two well, you, things. Well, yeah, you, you, you're like, I just, you don't you know, do not, you do not do social media. Yeah, no, I do Conscious Facebook. Choice, you do I Facebook. I do Facebook, but here's the thing. I feel like one of the things I learned coming out of Boston was my first thought, never good. I got to really look through my second and third <laughs> thought, sometimes fourth and fifth, before I find what I like, and that does not serve well on Twitter. Ah, that's true. You'd be having me saying stuff like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and it's it's not designed for anybody with a rewrite instinct. No, I, this is what I'm saying. I'd, I'd have to really look through what I that said. That John Ennis social media tip brought to you by Scantastic. <laughs> Give yourself an MRI at home for one-tenth the price of those fancy hospitals with Scantastic. So that was a conscious decision. Now, consciously, the acting thing, were you interested in acting in, like, college? Yes. In fact, from when I was a so little kid, were. it's all I ever oh, wanted really? to do. Yeah, it's all I ever so, wanted to do. So man, I studied acting book. at Emerson, and then I went to – I was at a uh, What's Emerson? The Poets? What's their name? Uh, <laughs> Emerson uh, College. Emerson College uh, what? Oh, the Emerson College – oh, my God, you got me here. What is it? The Emerson College. There's a real thing, and I can't yeah, think, I think what that the, thing uh, is. Yeah, I think it's the Knights or the Poets? The Knights. Let's call it the Knights. The Knights. It's not the, the Poets. The Poetic Knights. <laughs> man. But – uh, then I actually went to like a, a, to a, to a advanced song. theater program at Harvard where I got to play one, one of the Kennedys. The I was working uh, for this girl, Kim Parkinson, in the uh, 
in the. You got to play a Kennedy. So anyway, they were, they were auditioning in this program, and they kept walking by. We can't find the Kennedy. We can't find the Kennedy. Eventually, I was like, "Well, if you have any problems at all, let me help." And all of a sudden, they're like, "Can we use him?" Wow. So Bruce Dean, who had started the Yale drama department and then went to Harvard, said, "You can take all the classes you want for free if you just do this for us." So wow. I was showing up at all so, the classes for free. In a sense, at least at the beginning, you did kind of stick your nose in there yeah. where it didn't belong. Absolutely. You were the 5'8 guy who said, all right, <laughs> you're going into the pipe so Derek Sanderson can score from the line. I'm still Rudy waiting to be called into action. <laughs> there she go. Did you play? What did uh, you play? I played in high school. I played football. I played uh, – I wanted to play baseball, but I didn't get to play. What were their nicknames? I did a thing once, Chet, where the ball went over my head at practice when I was – it's been baseball in 10th grade, and 10th grade instead baseball. of running after it, I just clapped my hands and put them back on my knees. <laughs> I got cut. But I, but I played football. I played hockey. I, uh, well, boy, if there was anybody there from the theater department, they would have snapped you up. That's pretty quick thing. You go, <laughs> well, well that's, that's way out of my reach. Double clap right on the thighs. Come on, Bobby. Come around that base. Let's go. My dad, was like, I played hockey till I was like 11 or 12. So I could dream how great I was the rest of my life without actually having, you know. Yeah, you didn't have to worry I, about I still it. have my teeth. Yes. <laughs> That's good. Yes. That's impressive. Yeah. So you stopped at 12. Even then, you knew. I think at 12 years old is when I said, whoa. This could this. be a dental yeah, problem. Yeah, these size of these guys hitting me into the ice got different. <laughs> yeah. There is a leap physically. There is a leap. For about 23% of, of boys – between 11 and 12, yes. where they pop up and you go, oh, brother, he's driving. <laughs> what happened to, what go, happened to little Gene? Hey, Mom, how come Jimmy Bizarre's got a beard? <laughs> yeah, right. He said, <laughs> like, all right, uh, enough oh. for hockey. Yeah, that's when you sort of That's how you're smart. That, that, uh, that uh, tip about coming of age from John Ennis brought to you by Gorgonzona, the cheese made from cactus milk. <laughs> Idiosyncrasies uh, you wish uh, – that you didn't have, that maybe you had when you were earlier in life, maybe you shook, any, any, anything like, were you one of those guys who was like, uh, 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 a, what do they call it? Uh, An asshole? Yeah. There yes, you. I was. <laughs> were you? I found myself really happy that I'm I now pretty have. pretty sure that's the medical yeah, term, asshole. I have, I have, Chet, I have sold cleverness and bought bewilderment. Because it serves me so much better. Bewilderment? Yes. Cleverness, <laughs> yes. everyone's like, by the end, they're like, what a dick. He just never shut up. Bewilderment, yeah. I'm like, wow, what was that like? That's great. It's yeah. a much easier transition into like, no, I'm not as big of a dick as I was. Yeah, the phrase, I don't know. It really helps. It really does, it doesn't does, it? does, especially when you've got someone you love and you realize you've known everything for a year. It's time to say that a couple times. Yeah, that pressure to think like you have to know everything uh, comes from the, the insecurity. Yes. I, I got three it. children. They're all smarter than me, and their instincts for what they should do are so much better than anything I could feed them. That's impressive. One of them's acting. Yes. My daughter, Jessie, she's in that film Life of the Party right now, one of the leads. She's still, yeah, yeah, she's yeah, doing a she's thing. She's on that yeah. show Veep, and she was on Better Call Saul as a recurring character, and she was on Love as Let a recurring character. Let me ask you character. this. Uh, is she throwing you some money? <laughs> Come on. For no, Pete's but sake, I will free say, room and I, board. I you pay say. for the private school. Let's go. <laughs> pay some dues. I am so lucky that my kid wants to hang out with me. I, the only time I really see her and her beautiful fiancé is when I go to their house to work with them on her auditions. And, like, he films the... The uh, self tapes and uh, and I work with her on all her auditions, but I'm really lucky to like have that artistic. Man, that's impressive. The other kids all leaning. Yes, my daughter Connie's incredibly talented. My son Eamon's incredibly talented. I'm not sure that Eamon's going to go. Eamon, 
Eamon. Yeah, Eamon, E-A-M-O-N. Uh, you're not... You're not messing around. No, I'm going right for the Irish. I figured by the time he's old enough, it'll be in fashion again. You might send him back to Boston to go to Zavarian. <laughs> I wish I could. Zavarian I I brothers. Could. My football, How are they as my, teachers? Oh, my gosh. They were fantastic. Truly. Really? Truly. Truly not, good. Yeah. I mean, out of anything that happened to me as a kid, the best thing that happened was I left uh, public school and went to Zavarian Brothers High School because wow. they, they could openly punch you in the face. Yeah. That's, and this yeah. changed things for me. Yeah, they, they, I noticed the cleverness went away pretty quick with that they scenario. They made the Jesuits look like a self-help group. <laughs> they did, Chet. And brother Dominic Lally, who was my football line coach when Dominic I was there. Lally. Dominic, who played for BU, who was a hero. And, uh, These Americans he, actually he's now the headmaster. both their names, Dominic well, He's now Lally. the headmaster. Wow. And, and truly more of a father figure than anyone could possibly have hoped for. When I went there in 10th grade, he treated me like gold. And when wow. I made a mistake, he said... Did you make a mistake? And I'd look him right in the eyes and go, I don't think I did. And he goes, yeah, don't do it again. But he didn't say, you're getting kicked out of school. Right. And right. I made several that anyone else might have said that, and he didn't. He just kept hanging in there with me. You think that's missing I from do. today's education? But not at, because but there not were at, a lot of wink-wink yeah. in a good way. There was a lot of patience from teachers and from parents and from uh, chaperones. And uh, people went on field trips with either uh, – uh, 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 the musical groups or the theater groups or the sports teams right. who could understand that, uh, you know, guys an hour and a half late from curfew walk in. You didn't just go, all right, we're marching right over to the uh, arbitration room right? and call your parents. They just went, look, what, what, because they'd done it themselves. That's right. And I think that is part of it. And even now, I will say this, Samarian. They never hit me over the head with the religion stuff. The religion stuff was there if you needed it to inspire you. But they didn't say, you know, because you're not doing the right thing, you're now a bad person. They said, hey, we've all got stuff. And, yeah. and you know, I, I, I came from a family that my parents were divorced, and they allowed me to speak to other kids of divorced families. And originally they were like, well, you're going to talk to other kids from broken homes. And you know, Chet, you walk in somewhere and they've told you something that that's not the way you see it. Now you've got, now you've got an opening line. Yeah, right. Broken homes – are your, are your fucking roofs leaking or do you live yeah, with right. your grandmother? You exactly. know, is the grandmother the most loving person you could possibly live with and things actually worked out in your favor? Yeah, yeah. And then that's the kind of thing we'd start turning it around. But what's really happening as you're helping others is you're realizing, oh, my plight's not so bad. I got things pretty yeah, good exactly. to be figuring it out. You know, run them all out. Could be a Texas leaguer. Might drop for a double. <laughs> How the hell do you know? Get in there and run it out. Exactly. Man, that's special and probably the warmest moment we've ever had here on the podcast. Brought to you by uh, Gullies. When you need something smaller than a culvert but wider than a ditch, try a gully. <laughs> All right, now listen to me. You popped up on Twin Peaks. My goodness. Just uh, seven miles staring it into space. That role was incredible. I watched that show, watch it on the road when I'm between gigs. Sure. I was out calling. I had a lot of stuff. I called the Intercontinental Football League. That's the home of the nonstop clock. She falls a thunderstorm. And all. So I'm out there on the road a lot. I, I try to catch up uh, on the Netflix stuff. And What's all that, that like, the nonstop clock? Oh, the nonstop clock. It's brilliant. It goes right through the ads and everything. Two timeouts. You're in and out in 42 minutes. You, oh, I you try to this. come late for a game in the Intercontinental Football League. You're going to miss it. That's fantastic. Yeah, uh, Sioux Falls uh, 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 Wheat Thrushers. Nice. And nice. the, uh, let's see, we got the Rabbit City Thunderstorm. A lot of good teams <laughs> That's there. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Great lineup. What does that too. shirt look like, Chet? The Rabbit City 
thunderstorm. Rapid city thunderstorm. Oh, rabid. Well, rapid city. Rapid, th- rapid city. city, South Dakota. Of course, Dakota. of course. Sure, I'm sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. I said rabbit. No, that's all right. Rabbit city, that's uh, that's actually in upstate Wyoming. Oh, nice. Yeah. A lot I've of thunderstorms there? I've done – no, uh, but they do have – that is where they have the uh, the rabbit hunt. Oh. Where you can only use your nose in one hand. <laughs> Which, incidentally, was uh, was uh, brought to you by uh, Sweet Co's Penicillin Nut Bar. Munch the pain away with Sweet Co. They sponsor the rabbit hunt. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, absolutely, wow. every year. So uh, so uh, working with David Lynch, listen to me, uh, is he Vince Lombardi or is he Bill Walsh? What oh, kinda... he's so Vince Lombardi. You know what? He handled – I have a line in the whole thing, and he literally handled it like I got to do magic. And do you understand what I mean? Wow. Do you know what I mean, John? He went deep on you. Oh my God, so deep that like I welled up. I was so he psyched went to work Moss with him. Deep on you. And then after I did it once, I would come back to him and he'd say, "John," and I'd come over and he goes, "You know what you did, right?" <laughs> oh my God! And I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "What are we going to do this time?" And I go, "I'm going to do it the way you said it." He goes, "That's right." <laughs> and then I go back and do it, and he comes back. He comes back over to me, just goes, "Wow!" Yes. I, I'm uh, because I'm on the radio. I have to explain, but basically his fists are up yeah. by the side of his face. You know, the man is eighty. He's so 14, and he's oh, so filled with the magic and so filled with knowing that by building every moment with all this love that there's nothing could happen but more love coming out of his art. It's he kind of gave you a, a Xavarian brother thing. <laughs> he did, but I what swear. What are you going to do next well, time, you know, Johnny? Ch- I'm telling you, I'm going to do it. But, you know, when you when you really focus on just lo- seeking out love, it's all you see. And I see that with Lynch. Like, he's a meditative guy. I mean, he's meditative. Meditative. I drove his son to school for three years, Riley Lynch. And every day at 7 a.m., the kid would get in the car completely at peace. One day, it was pouring rain, and he was the only one I was driving. My daughter and the other girls weren't going. I said, Riley, i got to ask you, how do you get in the car at 7 a.m. when everyone else is pulling their hair out and figuring out what they didn't do for class, and you're just so at peace? And he goes, oh, well, because I've already been meditating for an hour by that point. How, brother? And he was 12, 13, 14. Man, you got to get up in the middle of the night to beat a Lynch kid. <laughs> Damn, that is impressive. Yeah, it was pretty special. All right, let's take a turn on a dime from David Lynch to Smith and Forge Hard Cider. Sure. You got? Are you forging that? I, I wish that. that was still those going. Spots are well, those spots were great. That, you know, there's a great director. Uh, his name is Marty, but we like to call him Crazy Legs. But the guy who directed that campaign just keeps pulling me in for spots, and I've had a real nice run with him. And, That's what uh, you have to do as an actor. You have to be open to uh, to to all. You got to be like a receiver who who can't just go listen. I run a down and in, and that's what I do. No, yeah. no, no. You're with Bill Belichick now. You're going to run 19 patterns. And 17 s- of them are going to be shorties. But you got to serve deep. the client. Yeah, you got to serve the deeper cause. Yeah, and that's really what I found out from doing so many commercials that like I went in on one and everything was in here like macho. It was for the Arizona lottery. And I went in instead of doing that because I heard thirty guys doing that. I went in as Paul Lind. That's hilarious. And so instead of going in with the center big, square, exactly from the so, old Hollywood Square. Uh, Paul, uh, when a man falls overboard for the center square in the wind, they yell "man overboard." What do they yell for the center square in the wind when a woman falls overboard? Full speed ahead. <laughs> anyway, I did. I did basically that the whole time. So it was basically instead of saying like. You know, the Arizona Lottery. I was like, the Arizona right. Lottery, you're going to love it. <laughs> and they booked me as Paul Lynn to do this thing. And I get out to Arizona. We're shooting seven commercials or whatever. And the night of the dinner, there's like 20 clients around the dinner. And I'm doing Paul Lynn because it was killing back in L.A. Now we're in Arizona and people are like dipping their heads a little bit. And then eventually this girl leans over and goes, somebody's got to tell him. Uh, John, we're going to go back and do the macho way. We're not going to do the Paul Lynn thing. They were a little worried that was too gay. 
So we go back to do the other way. Anyway, Man. It's, it's been fun. So I get to go to Arizona and do these commercials. My point is. That's great. Commercials are a blast. Yeah. I freaking love it. They're part of life in America, baby. I love it. Live with it. And you know something they always have been? You, you go back to the, the original radio hours, always sponsored. Lux Soap. Yeah. Whatever it was. Always one sponsor. You know, Chevrolet Drama Hour, whatever By the hell it was. Menon. Yes. There's <laughs> always some little 15, 10-second thing. And I always liked the advertisements that were funny growing up. I'm, you know, if it really made you laugh. And nowadays, I feel like I get the opportunity to sort of inject some of that. And if you see something that's not funny with me in it, <clears throat> it's been edited. Yes. And, and or it, it, it isn't actually John. Someone right. trying to do a job. There's a lot of people out there trying to look like me, and <clears throat> some of them are me. Hey, speaking of advertising, if you're looking to buy a car, Johnny, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for, but what does it actually mean? So let me tell you. Yeah. Same goes for invoice, list price, dealer price. These are terms. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. Oh, that's true. Great. Yeah, and then True Car dealers are going to show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car that you want. And you're Amazing. Certified. Yeah, your dealers, they know this. So they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, John Ennis, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. So listen to me. Um, I got maybe uh, the best actor I've ever had on the show. Nothing against, <laughs> nothing against Rich Eisen, but <laughs> you even teach acting, which is kind of Love Rich Eisen. Yeah, Rich Eisen's the best. Now, so listen to me. Time for the advice corner. This is where I ask my uh, guests for, uh, to give some uh, uh, advice to my listeners. And as an actor, maybe you can help some out. Best way to muster a tear when you really need one. Okay. I like to go emotional. So if I can connect with something that's in the scene or something that's in the place, I can do that. Otherwise, I'm going to stare at the corner of a light or the corner of, a, of the camera or the corner of something until literally the water in my eyes is now available. The trick with acting is they Physical don't, they pain don't is actually, what you're but for. they don't actually want the tear to come down our face. What they want is the welling up. Oh. The welling up, they connect to us. As a human being, when we watch an edit, if, you know, one of the reasons Clint Eastwood's so powerful is he never says anything. Right. So right. he's still us until he speaks. His eyes are still us. We are being represented by him. It's only when the actor begins to talk that we go, well, he's not quite like me. So it begins to distance ourselves. But with the welling up as an audience member, we go, oh, I feel that, too. When we cry, we've gone a little too far. Right. Right. So you're saying in trouble with the girlfriend, only way out is a possible tear. Don't actually shed the tear. <laughs> Just well up. Look into a corner of the sun until yes. your eye burns with physical pain. Well up, stop the tear, and then she'll go, oh, honey, I didn't mean it. And you say, oh, she's yours for life. That's impressive. Okay. Biggest tip for an amateur speaking in public for the first time. Some guy's got to do some presentation in front of a, uh, some, some folks at his, uh, you know, at his firm or something like that. Yeah, I would What's say, your tip? I would say breathe practice yeah, practice breathing and also realize that because you've worked there and you've put 10,000 hours into who you are and what you do that has led to you being at that company you can talk about that wheelhouse information very calmly and very very 
sweetly to everyone without feeling like, you know, I'm putting my hands in front of my face right now. When we when we do this to somebody, which means like we, we tilt we off tilt, the axis. Yes, we tilt. We're talking it downward to them. They don't connect. Right. But if we start or upward. Yeah, but if we start with our story and not a long one, but just quickly like, hey, you know what? As a kid, I always wanted to do this. Now, everyone in the room was a kid, and we've connected to them. So my feeling is is to speak honestly but grounding yourself in the reality of what got us all here and why do we care about it. And I really believe from there, things really can take off, and you can like listen to the people around you to get where you are in that room. Even uh – and uh, I would I, – that was brilliant. I'll, I would say uh, even if you have to fake it, do that too. But just think of <laughs> what exactly he said. Just fake it. All right. Things to avoid when you're trying to act. I, you people know, are trying to act. Yeah. You know, What's one the biggest thing you go, hey, 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 stop that? Well, What's when, that? When, when somebody's doing that, my, I coach so many working actors and so many brilliant people. And I feel it's more of a collaboration than it is me coaching at this point because their ideas, what they want to do, what their tropes are, what their language has become – their point of view has always been the thing I'm trying to champion, not what I want from them, right? So wait, what was the question again? The question is uh, – I, well, I think we just got it. Things to avoid when you're trying to oh, act. Oh, right. So what I was going to say is avoid acting. So by act, – acting is really private, act. private moments in public and it's right. all about human behavior. So if we have a scene between the two of us, Chet, uh-huh. and, and we go we'll over it five it. times but it still feels like it's not grounded, yeah. my thing is do it 25 more until we start to really listen to each other and feel the questions that are being right. asked. So it's a Bill Parcells, just reps, yeah, reps, reps, reps. Absolutely. Or what's that hockey movie where they uh, – the, the Canadian hockey movie, again – Right. Again, yeah. sir, they cannot possibly skate another. Again, <laughs> come on, it's Canada, it's hockey. Yeah. They're skating again. Thing that pisses off other actors the most when you're in uh, when someone is there a some a behavior advice. That, uh, oh, brother. Yeah, you know yeah. the thing about uh, unsolicited advice is still criticism. So we don't want to turn to our fellow actor and say, you know what you should do. Oh, brother, that isn't it. If they yeah. want to go, through, if you want to go through the scene and let's arrive at something else together because you don't like what they're doing, that's a much better approach. But right, to say right. to anybody, you should do this or you should do that, yeah. or even when you're on a project to say, oh, I just finished on uh, Forrest Gump three, and you know we got great lunch. You know, like whatever yeah. that kind of stuff. Nah, it doesn't fly. That's the only things I think we want to stay in the moment we're in. And we want to stay grounded with the people we're in it with because yeah. creativity and ego don't really swim well together. Another Zaverian brother tip, actually. Yes, proper preparation That's prevents impressive. poor performance. All right, last advice corner question. How best to convince your boss you're really sick? <laughs> Let's get down to brass tacks here. A spoonful of dry mustard. All right. That'll, do, that'll just suck up. The- arrive on site and drink water. <laughs> and that'll just- You will throw up. Wow. Yeah, it's not going to be good. No, but it, but, but if you but, have to have but, that hey, day if off. you've got to gut it out to get ice fishing, baby, yeah. you're there. Or the other thing would be to not speak and instead say, you don't want to hear the way I am right now. Wow. And I, I, But I have today's not a day I can show up. I'd love to explain this to you later. Right now is not the time. This is the Kennedy approach. Sure. You don't, Delay it. You don't show up yet. <laughs> get together with the masterminds and the lawyers and now <laughs> come up with what you're going to say. <laughs> Yeah, that's a Gale Sarah stiff Yeah, wait it out. Find out what happened at work. How severe was it? Let's go further with the excuse if we have to raise the stakes. That's the best advice we've ever gotten. That advice <laughs> corner brought to you by Pandemodium. Get rid of your diarrhea in one chaotic blast with Pandemodium. <laughs> Time for the Fiery Four! <laughs> the Fiery Four! 
He's our headlines so hot they might have gotten an under table of payment from Michael Cohen. <laughs> Fire number one, should they shorten the baseball season? We're falling asleep and the players are starting to fall asleep. I swear, I, when I said it's my favorite, the Red Sox are my favorite, part of it is that I get 162 of them. You love the whole season. I just, I don't know what I would do if they took four away. I'd be like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> So I am not really good. It I mean, I, right I'll, admit, for- I'll admit I have a, a real blue-collar way of looking at this. All right, well, the blue laws way of looking at this. Plus, as the Bo Sox and uh, me as a Twins fan, you might need those four games. That's what I'm thinking at the end of the season. What do you mean you took away the four games? Now we could have we could have caught them. You know, the Red the Red Sox lost to the Yankees in my life when I was 40, 32 times. Good God almighty. So it's important. Yeah, that hurts. Fire number two! What would improve soccer for American viewers? Um, Blindfolds, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I got a lot like of friends. Soccer? I got a lot of friends who were soccer fans, and I played as a kid. It's a great sport, but I don't find myself watching it. No. So my thing, you know, with hockey, they always say that the puck's too small, you can't follow it. Yeah, what yeah. if they lit the ball on fire? That's impressive. Ooh. I don't want anybody to get burned. I'm just saying. No, no. no we're watching. What if inside of 45 minutes it could explode? I like this. So it's actually got something in the middle once sure. you light and it. and then there's some kind of NASA heat shield thing on your shoes. Everybody wins. I love it. Fire number three. What sport do you, John Ennis, think should be bigger here in America? Is there anything you like that just isn't big? You know, I... Uh... I do. Uh, I, I mean, I think hiking, it sounds, it sounds so stupid. That's not a sport. But I do think hiking well, should be something where we're like, oh, my gosh, look at how great this hiker is. I, I, <laughs> I swear, like sporting-wise, when someone says they're going for a hike, I'm like, that's an athlete right we're there. We're at the Adirondack Hiking Invitational. <laughs> they got their walking sticks out. It's 72 degrees out. Breeze out of the southwest. Beautiful day for hiking. Hey, you bowlers, get off your ass and come on out here. Fire number four. Bill Belichick. Is he not funny or is he just so dry he makes Bob Newhart look like Sam Kinison? (laughs) He's so dry. He is so dry. I don't know if you saw any of his appearances on TV after they won this, not this past Super Bowl, the one before that when they won. He was so happy and so delightful, yeah. and we've never seen this person. Like, he was so sweet. But I love when he answers questions. Like, you know, any question you – like, yeah. um, well, that's ridiculous. There's no need for that. Yeah. Anyone else? Can I go? You know, like, it's no matter what you ask that man, he's like, you haven't thought that through. No, he's, he's the <laughs> only – he'll take two, two press conferences to uh, give you your answer. That's what I <laughs> – that Fiery Four brought to you by Asgard. Sit down anywhere worry-free with all hemp Asgard. <laughs> now, I understand you might have some questions for me. you got three questions I, for me. I do, quiz I do. From John Ennis, one of the best actors and one of the best comedians around. John Ennis has a pop quiz for me. Let's hear it. Let's see if I can win. I'm on a roll. I've won my first pop quiz in, t- <laughs> in 22, 22 podcasts. Let's try it. Let's see if I can make it through the row. First, Chet, I want to know what film would you be in if Chet was in a film that's coming out right now? What film would it be and who would you play? Wow, and there's actually a correct answer to this. This this is not a judgment call. John knows exactly what film I should be in. (laughs) So I got to get this right. What film would I be in if I could be in a film right now? Oh, brother. Man, oh man, I got to think about this. I'd take that uh, that uh, that Drew one, that basketball movie. That's oh yeah, in. yeah. I'd be in be that. The announcer. Yeah, I'd be the announcer in that. Would you ever play Cosell? No, no. no, no you don't want to step. You don't want to pee on that grave. <laughs>
That's nobody you want to mess with because he'll come at you from uh, <laughs> the well, non-physical. Jews don't believe in heaven. Yeah, or the, the hell no, I'm the non-physical. I'm in. Yeah. And what? What? Who? The metaphysical. Do, where do you think LeBron James should land? Uh, I think he should. Uh, I think he'll come out here. I think he'll come to Los Angeles. I think LeBron will come to Los Angeles just because. Uh, you know, at some point, anybody who's been in Cleveland that long just goes, I don't care how rich you are, you go, I am not shoveling snow off the back deck anymore. I agree. I couldn't shovel snow either anymore. Yeah, and, uh, you it. know, he already did the heat thing, so what else is now? He's not going to one of the Texas teams. I would love it if he, if, he, if he went to L.A. because then we could play him. Like, yeah. Boston's on their way, so to see them him in L.A., oh, yeah. that would be fun. It'd be fun. And plus, you know, he can just uh, segue right into – he'll probably be the head of Paramount in about three years. <laughs> well, what do you think, Chet? What do you think about the new rule in football about the kickoff? Are you aware of this new rule? Well, I believe the new rule is uh, uh, you can fire – a round of shoulder-mounted artillery if you're the receiving team. Do I have that right? I think that's what it is. Is that correct? Yes. Good God almighty, they're changing the rules. What is the new rule? So, you know, I, I mean, I, have, I love a kickoff, but they're saying there'll be less injuries if they bring two men back with the guy who's receiving the kickoff, and it's and the yardage is now closer as well. Yeah. So there won't be as much, you know, running full speed into one another. Look, why don't they just go to the 50-yard line and cut cards, for God's sake? <laughs> That is one of the discussions they had. What are they going to, you know, what should we do? Could we get to a tiddlywink moment? That's the way I would have done it. That pop quiz brought to you by, damn it, the world's most frustrating board game, John Ennis. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Johnny doesn't play that social media crap storm except for Facebook. You're on Facebook. Yes, so sir, and I'll take anybody. If you want to connect anybody. with the great John Ennis, listen to me. Catch oh, no, up listen. On- to connect to John Ennis, you call 213-453-7429. There's no one I don't love. Wow. Look at him. Yeah, FBI is going to be on my ass in about eight months when <laughs> all your life savings I'm a huge fan, Chet. from your account. I'm a huge fan, Chet. We all love you, Chet. <laughs> we, we traced it back to that podcast where he gave out his phone number, Chet. He's broke now. <laughs> the Chinese have sucked all the money out of all his investments. He's done. But listen, uh, follow him there. Uh, you heard his phone number. Uh, and listen, just follow him by watching him on Netflix. Uh, uh, show still running with Bob and David, and wow, that also, is good. Also, great sketch comedy, a great and great uh, comedy period. Yard good. Theater. I have a, a theater in L.A. Chad, I should have told you about this real quick, but I have a theater called the Yard Theater at four three one nine Melrose Ave. I got classes and plays and comedy shows and whatever you want to do. Whoever's talk, whoever's listening. Give me, get a, get yeah, a hold of theater me. in Los Angeles. If you're an actor, uh, uh, get over to Jan's Theater. Uh, uh, you're going to thank yourself. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse and follow my buddy, comedian Jeff Cesario at Real Jeff Cesario. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We're on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Speaking of, why don't you go to uh, podcastone.com slash my survey or just go to podcastone.com, click on the survey banner. Take our little survey. It doesn't take more than three, four, five minutes, somewhere in there. It's a ton of fun, and you're going to do us a, a big favor at Play With Pain, my podcast, and, uh, and of course, all the podcast one uh, podcast. You're doing us a huge favor by filling it out, and it's, uh, it's kind of fun. So uh, thanks for supporting us here at Podcast One. And, and uh, uh, listen, I'm on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts, so spread the word. Uh, and uh, and thanks for listening, because without you, I'm just talking into a can. <laughs> if you want more of me this week, Johnny, I'll be at the Palm Springs Outlet Malls covering Dad's Returning Things for <laughs> IDon'tLikeNewThings.com. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.